All right. So as Rich has said, um, yeah, I mean, it's so exciting. It's so weird to see people back. We've been preaching to an empty room <laughs> for the last year and a half. So it's good to see, like, all of these faces. And there's actually new faces um, and, and new people that I have never seen. Maybe you just have your mask on it just to recognize you. <laughs> <laughs> but it's great to be able to see you guys. It's great. I mean, hopefully by next week we'll fill in these this part, um, because I still feel very far from you guys. Um, but at staff meeting, when we were meeting this past Tuesday, before Banya Henry released it, we were still planning for opening in September. We did not think that the release would happen this quick. And so for us, we're, we were scrambling this week. We are like, okay, get in there, put some chairs back into the sanctuary. Let's, let's get this service going. But we have cameras. We need to still keep all the tech stuff up and... How do we do it? And so this week is a little bit of a transition week. Our, my staff, our staff team is re working really, really hard um, just to uh, transition this into um, full-on services again. We're, we're, we, we need to talk about kids' ministry. We need to talk about so many things. Um, as you know, when we shut down, everything shut down. And so a lot of the ministries, we have to restart. And so uh, this month, I, I would expect this month to still be a little bit of a transition month. But, like Rich said, we do want to finish this summer off strong, and so we're applying for the city to throw a summer festival for the, for the city. We're going to bring food trucks out. We're going to bring uh, beer garden. We're going to do everything. We're going to do it up for the city. All right? So we're going to do everything um, so that we can have a community celebration, not just for our church, but for the community as well. And so um, this is going to be open. It's we know that Fridays on Front is not happening this year. We know that a lot of the stuff that New West, the city of New West generally do is not, not available. And so as, as a church, we want to continue some of those traditions and continue some of those things. And so um, keep, keep an eye out for those emails. Keep an eye out for the e-news of when those dates are. We're still working in the city, as Rich said, in terms of trying to figure out when we could actually hold it. What does a festival look like with COVID rules in place? Uh, there's so many things that we still don't know. And so um, in light of those things, it puts us into the perfect place of our new sermon series of one another, right? And so we're starting a brand new sermon series today. It is the one another's of the Bible, right? But before I go into there, let's pray, and uh, we'll go into the message. So Father God, we just thank you, Lord, that you are God, you are King, you are our Savior, and Lord, that we could come to you and worship you today as a church family. So Father God, as we as we lift up our worship, as we lift up um, just our praise, Lord, may you fill us with your spirit. May you fill us with who you are and bring an encouragement to your church so that the world may see. So, Father God, we just thank you um, for your grace and for your mercy. And for all this in Jesus' name, amen. So, like I said, we're starting a new sermon series called The One and Others. We just finished our sermon series through the life of David. And every summer, if you've been with us for a couple years now, every summer, our, our summer series revolves around some of our testimonies around the church. And so this year, we're doing a similar thing, and we're, we're, we're going through the Bible and pulling out all of the different one another's in the Bible. Now, one another in itself is actually derived from a Greek word called alelon. The translation of that word is simply 
one another reciprocally, mutually. And throughout the Bible, it, this, this word actually happens about a hundred times through the Bible. And this word is, all, is, is attached to approximately 59 specific commands and teachings of how to relate to one another. So the one another's form the basis of Christian community and has a direct impact of our witness to the world. In John 13, verse 35, it says, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. So as we go through this series and we look at the one another's, it's not just for the church. Yes, absolutely, the one another's need to function within our church family, but it is for the world to see that we are his disciples. For the world to see that we are different, that we are set apart, that we are, we are, we are Christians. And what does that term Christian mean? I think today the word Christian is loaded. It's, it's a very, very loaded word. Because in some circles, depending on which circle you are, Christian is a very positive thing. But in other circles, the term Christianity or Christian is not seen in a very good light. In light of our current political and current situation in our, uh, uh, in, our, in our country, we know that the aspect of church is not the best thing out there right now. In light of the residential schools and everything that's happened, knowing that the residential schools happen through the church, people don't see the church in the best light. And so... What do we do as Christians? What do we do as people of the church? What do we do as followers of Jesus Christ? How do we make a difference? How do we change people's perspectives? How do we change how the world sees Christians and how the world sees the church? It's not convincing them through words, but convincing them through actions. It's how we behave, it's how we act, it's how we treat each other that the world will see that we are different. It's treating each other with dignity, with respect. It's coming to that place of saying, hey, I stand with you even though we may not agree on everything in life, but I stand with you because I see you. I see you because Jesus sees you. And that's what the one another's are for. That's what the one another's others are about. The one another's are there for the church so that the world may see. Today we're going to look at the first one another, which is offer hospitality to one another. And it's such a great thing because hospitality, I believe, is the biggest arm for the church to be able to reach the world. And so we're going to be looking at 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 9. It says, offer hospitality to one another. But before we look into the scripture, let me introduce to you our first testimony from Andrea and Carolina, and they'll be calling out um, Mike and Alyssa. I'm Andre. And I'm Carol. And we have been attending Firestone Church since the summer of 2019. We had recently moved from Brazil to New West, and we were looking for a church to settle in. When we found out about Five Stones, we decided to visit, and when we came, we saw that there was a good number of young, adult, young adults at the church, but we were very timid and shy to start the conversation. Yeah, and we really liked the church in our first visit. We liked the worship, the way the pastor preached, the environment. 
but we were praying for God to confirm that uh, that was the church that He separated to us. And we ask for uh, confirmation to give us opportunity to connect with more people and uh, make some friends. But the problem with new people in the church is they just arrived and as soon as the service ends, they just left. But one day, in Alice and Mike, we catch us before we left the church. We left the church, and they were super nice, and they invited us to the small group. Yeah, we went to their cell group, and we felt super. At first, we were very happy with the invitation because we we really wanted to be um, to make friends with with them with the young people at the church but we were shy and when the invitation came we were very happy and after we went to the cell group we felt very welcomed by them and as we kept going to the cell group we were hugely impacted by the heart for the cell group and the care Alyssa's handmade cards for people in the special occasions and we love you guys and we want to thank you for reaching out to us when we first arrived at the church. Yes, thank you very much. Hi Five Stones, we want to say thanks to Carolyn and Andre for acknowledging us and for um, sharing their story about how we uh, influenced them to um, come to uh, join Five Stones. We are so thankful for them for being in our cell group. Um, they've brought so much to our cell group and we really admire their love for God and um, they've brought just like a, a great spirit to the group. Um, and we also want to say thanks to them too for leading the cell group during this time that we um, have while we're taking a break, while we're taking care of our new little one. For sure. And kind of what motivated us to uh, reach out to them was that we understand what it's like being new to a church and how intimidating it can be just to make connections for the first time. And um, it's easy for us, uh, for newcomers, just to come in and go and um, not really make any real connections. And um, at the time, our cell group was just... Uh, taking off and we thought that we'd reach out to them and see if we could provide for them a way to connect with the community as we have here at Five Stones and uh, we're just honored again to have the, the chance to have them in our group and also um, that they're able to step up while we're we're busy taking care of our little Haley. Thanks again. Thanks. They were just doing something that was simple. It was ordinary. There wasn't any profound act or, or anything that they felt like this is what God is calling us to do. But in so many ways, what Mike and Alyssa did, even though it was a simple invite, had profound impact. Why? Well, just a little backstory of these, these two couples. Mike and Alyssa are actually pretty new themselves. They, they haven't really been 
part of the church for that long themselves, uh, but they were active members. They really enjoyed the church. And as we were starting up new cell groups, I, I approached them and asked them to be new cell leaders to start uh, another group for young couples within the church. And so as they were starting the new cell group, Andre and Carol came in to our church just kind of checking things out. They weren't, like they said, they were really shy. And I mean, if you know Carol and Andre, they're still pretty shy. Um, but they were, unbeknownst to them, coming to the church, they were looking for something. They were looking for community. They were looking for people their age, people in the, the same place of life as they are. And as they came to the church, yes, it, when you go to churches, a lot of things check, check off, right? Great worship, good, good preaching, um, nice, nice location. Those things check off. But really what makes a church is the community. And so for, for them, what they were looking for was that sense of community. And for Mike and Alyssa to do that simple act of, hey, you want to join our cell group? Why don't you come check it out? For Andre and Carol, it was actually an answer to prayer. It wasn't just, oh, I got an invite to a cell group, but it was an answer to prayer. It confirmed for them everything that they were looking for in a church. And this profound impact actually found us a new children's director because Carol is, because of what Mike and Melissa did, Carol is actually our children's director now. And so these things have, these simple acts that we do of hospitality, these simple acts of, of inviting people. Some, for some of us, it's, it's very easy just to go say hi, just to invite people to do things. But for some of us, like for myself as an introvert, it takes a lot out of me to actually approach people as much as you guys think, oh, you're a pastor, it's easy for you. No, I'm actually a very introverted person. And so for me to approach people actually takes a lot out of me. Um, and so this is, this is something that we were, we're called to practice. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 4. And we're going to look at what hospitality is. So 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 7 to 11. What is, hospi what is hospitality? Hospitality actually comes from a word philozenzo. Philo is, is the word for love. You, you, you hear it in the, the city of Philadelphia. It, it, it stands for brotherly love. Zenzo means stranger. So philozenzo, or the word root word for hospitality, literally means the love to love strangers. And that's a strange thing. Like, why would God call us to love strangers? But hospitality is God's command and is, is for his people. And it teaches us how to treat each other. Sometimes we think hospitality is just as simple as inviting people into our own homes, cleaning and cooking, and making sure people feel welcome and, and, and impressed. And we, we decorate our homes, we invite them in, we make the best meal we can. And that's what hospitality is. But really, hospitality is so much more than that. Hospitality isn't just that simple act of, of bringing people into your homes, inviting them, and, and, and becoming friends with them. Hospitality, in its essence of brotherly love to a stranger, is opening up your home and saying, what's mine is yours. That is so different from us just inviting them over for a meal. 
I'm going to say what, when, we, when we invite our friends over and we invite them over for a meal and we share with them, we, we, want, we, we always put our, our, our best impression out. We have to clean the house. Anytime we entertain, my wife is always just like, vacuum the house, clean the toys. Like we have toys literally everywhere in our house, right? I have a four-year-old and a seven-month-old and our house is constantly a mess. And so it's, for, for, for Steph, it's just like, it's hard for us to entertain because there's always a mess everywhere. We clean something up, 30 seconds later, literally there's toys everywhere again. Hey, I, know, I know anyone with little ones totally understand this. And so, but entertaining is clean the house before our guests come. Hospitality says, come, enjoy our mess, be a part of who we are. What's ours is yours. That's the difference of what it means to be hospitable. That's the difference of what God is saying. I want you to show hospitality to people. The heart difference is where we see the biggest difference. The heart of, let's say, the attitude of entertaining is come and enjoy what I have. Whereas the heart of hospitality is, how can I serve you? You see the difference there? You see that hospitality and, and, and just a simple entertaining of guests, there is a, a major difference. That hospitality is giving and serving without any strings attached. It's giving and serving and loving and, 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 and completely saying, Everything that I have is yours. I want to give you the best. How can I serve you? It's not how do I impress you, but how can I serve you? That's what hospitality is. Hospitality puts people first, and it says, my house is a mess, but you are friends, so you are welcome. It says, welcome to our church. How could we serve you? Hospitality builds God's church, and it, it is in that building process there is an understanding that God is going to bring people to us. So how do we treat them? So 1 Peter 4, 7 says, The end of all things is near. Therefore be alert and of sober mind so that you may pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sin. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gifts you have received to serve us others as faithful stewards of God's grace in various forms. First, the, the first part of chapter 4 before those verses, First Peter gives us the premise of how to live for God. And he, he lays it out that Christ died for you, Christ suffered for you. First, he, he lays out that this is your identity right now. You're a Christian. You're a Christian. Why? Because God died. God sent his son, Jesus Christ, onto the earth. He suffered. He died. He lived a life that fully understands how all, all of our emotions, all of our senses, everything that we are. Not only does he understand that, but he gives us an example of this is how we are to live. Now, that is the foundation of how you're supposed to, 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 to be, and this is the, the person that you're supposed to imitate. And so, Peter lays that out first, and then he goes, he's like, now that the end is near. Now, this is written approximately 2,000 years before we are standing here today. So he's talking about the end is near, not saying, like, the world is ending. But it's, he's preparing people 
saying that we are always expecting for Jesus to return, right? And so we should always live in a way that we're expecting for Jesus to return one day, whether it is a thousand years from today or whether it is tomorrow. That we are, as Christians, that we are always prepared, right? We're always prepared in our hearts, in our spirits, that we're not living today thinking that we have time for tomorrow, that I could be a better Christian tomorrow, but today... I need to know who Jesus is for me, and because I know who Jesus is for me, this is how I live. That we live every single day thinking that the end is near. Not, it's not in a morbid way, but knowing that we all have an assignment that God has given us. And that assignment isn't for later in life, but for today. That that assignment isn't like, oh, I'm going to do my own thing, I'm going to study hard, build my career, and then after that I could live for Jesus. That's not what it is. It's I need to live for Jesus today because I don't know what tomorrow holds. So that's the foundation and the basis of it. And then Peter goes on to say, above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. That is one of the biggest one another's. And I'm going to say that that is the motivating one another, to love one another. Everything comes from love. Everything begins with love. And that love makes up for all sin. This is the baseline for all the one another's that we're going to preach throughout this summer. That love is love the way that Jesus loves you, the way that God pours into you. And then, after you love, Offer hospitality. You see, everything that we do, we actually have to mo be motivated by love. Not just our love for people, but understanding that, that our love for people comes from God's love for us. That we can only love because what? He first loved us. And so we always need to come back to that place of understanding that the gospel was there for me. God loved me so much that he saved me that he's done all these things for me, and therefore because of what Jesus has done on the cross, I can go and do all these things for others. So the requirement for all of the one and others that we're going to preach through this summer, the requirement for to do any of these things, above all, needs to start from this place of love. And then Peter goes, show hospitality. Hospitality should be the primary function of the church. First in our own church community, and then also to our neighbors. You see, the church is not is is a, the church is full of strangers. When you come into a church, when you're coming here for the first time, and I know there's a couple people that are are coming for the first time. Maybe some of you are coming for the second time. I don't know through COVID who's come, who's not. But you're coming for the first time, and we're strangers. We're strangers before we are family. We're strangers before we are friends. The church is always a weird place because I've always said, I love Five Stones. Five Stones is my family. Five Stones is my home. As I get to know all of you, you guys all hold a special place in, in, in my life. But if I was not a Christian and I saw this group of people, high school cafeteria all over again. You know how there's like the cliques, the jocks are here, the nerds are there, the, I mean, 
I don't know, high school today is different. Everybody's woke now, right? So, <laughs> so <laughs> I think high school culture is very different. But back when I was in high school, this is like over 20 years ago, I, I just dated myself. But back when I was in high school, we had these cliques. And when I come into a church setting, what's beautiful about the church setting is that the cliques all disappear. They disappear because there's an understanding of the love for one another. They disappear because of the, the, the idea that we're a family, right? I could have a sister who's a major nerd, which my sister is. <laughs> Carmen knows that. She was an IB student, okay? Like, international baccalaureate student. I just passed. <laughs> if, I, if I passed the class, that was good enough. She was, like, trying to ace every single subject, so she was a nerd for sure. Like, my sister and I would never hang out. But I hang out with my sister because she's my sister, and that's the same thing for a church family. We hang out with each other because we're family. We do things together because we're family. We, could, we, we, we are able to break social barriers because we're family. So the church is a unique place. If it wasn't for the love of Jesus, if it wasn't because Jesus bringing us together, we wouldn't be friends, right? We wouldn't have the opportunity to become friends. We wouldn't have the opportunity to get to know each other in a capacity where we could not only be friends, but we become family. And that's what loving one another and showing hospitality to one another happens. As a church, as Five Stones, I would say we are actually pretty good at this. But we could improve. As a church, we're good at inviting people and we're good at welcoming people. I mean, one of the top comments we have from newcomers is that Five Stones is very friendly. But I want to take that friendliness and go beyond that. I want to take what hospitality truly is to serve one another and say, as newcomers come in and say, how could I serve you? How could we as a church serve you as you're coming into our community? And then looking at each other and seeing what are each other's needs and how could we serve each other? How could we make what is mine, yours, lived out within this community? I mean, as a pastor, as being here, I, I've, I've gotten to know a lot of, a lot of you very, very, um, very closely. I've got to experience your generosity. I've got to experience um, just you guys pouring into my life. And I appreciate that, and I love that so much, and that hospitality is what I'm talking about. How could I serve you? How could I, I, how could I help you in times of need? When Steph and I had um, our, first, our, our, our miscarriage, before Judah came along, a group of the maps came around us and just loved on us. They just poured into us. They made us food. They came around. They, they sat us in a circle, and they told us their stories of, of the, their own personal miscarriages, and they just loved on us. That's what serving each other means. It's sitting in, with each other, empathizing with each other, knowing that in your community someone is hurting. That's what hospitality is about. It's not just about a simple invite. Yes, it's, that's where it begins. But how much further could we take that I mean, Carol and Andre right now, they've actually taken over the leadership of the, of the cell group. Why? Because 
Mike and Alyssa just welcomed Haley into their family. They're new parents. I mean, Haley's a couple, what, two months old right now. I mean, I just got out of that early baby stage again. That early baby stage is, I would say it's punishment. <laughs> um, lack of sleep. They can't do anything for themselves. Like, in order for them to survive, you have to do everything for them. Um, so many things. I, I, it's God's practical joke on humanity, I really believe. Like, for your sins, this is what I'm going <laughs> to do for you. This is a baby. That's what they are. You love them, but now you have to serve them. But church, showing hospitality is not just about making friends, but it's about turning those friends into family. It's to serve others how they need to be served, not the way you feel like you should serve. You know, church, oftentimes we, we look at, oh, you're, you're not doing so well, so let me serve you. But sometimes we actually do more harm than we do help. You understand what I talk, I'm talking about? That sometimes we serve them in a way that doesn't actually serve them. We serve them in a way where it actually causes more stress or causes more, more strife or causes, like they're polite. People are polite, right? But really, it, 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 it's, it's too much, right? And so, so we need to learn how to serve people the way that they need to they need to be served. Not the way that we want to serve them, but the way that they need to be served. Paul goes on to say, to show hospitality without grumbling. That's key there. Without grumbling, that means without complaining. Without feeling like, I'm doing this for you so that I could then call on a favor later. It's to, it's, it's to be like, it's to serve without complaining about all the things that you have to do to serve them. But serving graciously. Serving, because you know, sometimes when we serve, <coughs> sometimes when we do things for people, have you ever been in that situation where someone is serving you and doing something nice for you, but you feel kind of bad, awkward about it or bad about it? Have you ever experienced that? Where it's kind of like, oh, they, they brought me food, but I feel like there's things attached to this. <laughs> or it's just like, oh, I'm lending you something that you need, but I don't feel like I could really use it because I'm afraid that when I return it, you're not going to be happy with it. You know what I mean? That's not serving. That's them doing something or you doing something so that the world could see that you're nice. I mean, Canadian nice, right? That whole aspect of we're nice and we want to show other people that we're nice, but deep down we're actually really selfish about those things. That we don't lend without expecting it to come back. That's actually a biblical. When Jesus says, when you lend something out, if you're able to lend it, don't expect it back. If you are expecting it back in the same condition that you've lent it out, then don't lend it out. 
keep it, hold it for yourself, and just say, sorry, I don't have, I can't help you out there. But if you're going to help somebody out, help them by serving them. Help them by giving it out of your generosity and saying, have it. Use it for as long as you need it. Do as you will with it. That's what serving each other is. There's no strings attached to it. It's full generosity. Some of the most generous people I know in this church have lent me things or given me things or, or done things for me without any expectation. And I'm so grateful for them because I feel that love. I feel like it's not just about them serving me, but it's about me being a part of their family. And so when you serve each other and, and when you, you, you give hospitality to each other, that's what it's supposed to feel like. It feels like now I'm being a part of their family. What's mine is yours. That's the idea behind all of that. Peter goes on to say that as we, as we offer hospitality, it should be the best of the best that we can do. He goes on to say, he said, each of you should use whatever gifts you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various form. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength of God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. That when we serve and when we show hospitality and we extend that aspect of it, that we give the best, that we give our all, that this is the mark of a Christian, is that when we serve, it comes from a place of what? Of love. When I serve my family, when I serve my kids, when I serve my son, it always comes from a place of love. And I always want to give them the best. So when it comes to mealtime, I always give the best portions to my son before I take what's left for myself. When my son needs something, I always find the best thing that I could give for him before, and, and I'll just take the leftovers. I'll just do whatever it is. That's the type of, of love-driven hospitality, love-driven serving that we need to do as a church. So if we're not doing that, then we're not really showing hospitality. All we're doing is really just entertaining. All we're really doing is just helping out where we can. And I'm not saying that's bad. I think it's a good start. But as a church, I want to see us move and grow beyond that place. As a church, I, I want to challenge us to think about what are ways that we could serve not only each other, but the community. As a church, I want to offer the best hospitality that the city could see. First within the church, and then for our community. I want to be able to be in a place where we could show that we love our community. Part of the summer outreach that we're doing is, is about loving our community. It's about doing and filling in gaps that the community has, has let go of. I want to bring into a place of, of reconciliation and, 
and, and, and renewal back into relationships in our city. I want to look at what we could do as a church for the residential school survivors within here in New West. I want to call them up and say, hey, what could we do to serve you? How can we help? What is the first step to reconciliation between you and the church? I want to be able to reach out to, to just the different aspects of our, our community and say, how can we help? How can we serve? I want to, I mean, Rich preached, was it two weeks ago, last week, about a, a, a local task force. A task force that goes out into the community and say, what can we do to serve you as a church? Why? Because everything that we do to serve each other, everything that we do to, to extend hospitality is to bring glory to who God is. It's not for them to see us, for them to see who God is, for them to see who Jesus is, for them to see that Jesus died on the cross. Before even we, before even we preach to them, we're showing Jesus' love. When I was a seminary student in Chicago, I came across this man that had a, that his car broke down. And I remember as I approached this man, I was terrified because I was a Chinese guy in an all-black neighborhood. I didn't really know how to, uh, I was still very new to Chicago at the time. I didn't really know how to, 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 to behave. Um, I was in the urban ministries program, and, and so I was placed in this black neighborhood to, to serve the black community, and it was all about reconciliation. And so I, I, I walked by this, this man. He had, his, his, he had his hood popped up. He was frustrated, and he was hitting his car. Um, big black guy, very intimidating. I was scared. I, wasn't, I'm, I mean, I've grown this way, <laughs> but I mean, I'm small in stature. And so I, as I was walking by, I, I just felt the Holy Spirit say, I want you to show, I want you to serve this man. I was just like, uh, he's a very angry man with a car that's broken down and I don't know how to fix cars. Um, so how, what do you want me to do to serve this man? And so he's like, just, so I, I actually walked by him a couple times I, <laughs> because I was scared. I just didn't know what to do. So I, I paced back and forth. Probably looks really stupid if you were standing across the street looking at me this stupid little Asian man walking back and forth on the, on the road. But finally, I, 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 I got enough courage to come approach him and say, hey, do you need help? And he's like, do you know how to fix a car? I'm like, no, but I do have a cell phone. And he's just like, well, it doesn't matter anyways. He's just like, I have these pizzas in my car. I'm a delivery guy. My car broke down. I can't make the delivery. My boss is already really angry with me because I've already missed the delivery. And so he's like, I can't do anything about it. I actually got fired over. I, I, I'm going to get fired over this. There's no way I could get in contact with them. I'm like, okay, look, look, why don't we do this? Use my cell phone, call your boss, figure out what the next step is to do, and then I'll see what I could do to help you. So he calls. He actually got fired on my cell phone, um, which was awkward for me. But at the same time, I was like, okay. He hung, hung up the phone. He's like, well, I, have, I think he had like 12 pizzas in his car. <laughs> he said, I have 12 pizzas. 
prosperity that I don't know what to do with. He's like, do you want a pizza? I said, you know what? Why don't you come to my place? I have six other roommates. I'm sure we would love pizza, but why don't you come out? We'll try to figure out what the next step is for you. And he's like, really? I was like, yeah. I'm like, if you don't mind coming into a house of like Asian and white people, I know that's kind of awkward for you too. Um, and he, he looked at me, he's like, oh, I know you guys. You guys all live in that house. I'm like, yeah, we do. And he's like, aren't you guys like Christians or something? And he's like, yeah, we're all seminary students and we're weird. But if you don't mind coming into our house and sharing the pizza with us, we'll try to figure out what to, to do with you. And so he came over. We shared a meal. We heard his, his story. We heard that he was actually a single father. He had three kids and he's trying to make ends meet. And uh, I mean, he's been arrested several times. He's been in prison before. The list goes on. And we said, look, there's not a whole lot that we could help you with. But the church that we're part of has a lot of resources. So if you don't, if you don't mind getting involved with the church, we would love to plug you in to see what other resources that we have for you. And he just, he looked at us and he's just like, I've done the church thing before. And he's like, the church doesn't really do anything for me because all the church wants is things from me. They never help me out. They just want me to serve in the church and they never help us out. And um, unfortunately, that is true for, for a lot of churches. It's just, we grab people and it's like, how could you help? How could you serve? How could you do things? But what, what does the church do to give back? And so I'm like, okay, what if I promise you that you coming would, would make things different? He's like, okay, if you could promise that, then I'll come. And I completely stepped out of line because I couldn't promise anything. <laughs> I was just a seminary student. I wasn't even on staff. I barely knew the pastor of the church that I was going to. But I just said it out of faith. I blurted it out. And now I'm just like, now I have this whole mess to clean up. What am I going to do? But in our small group, because I was part of a church small group, there was a man that actually had his own garage. And so I call, called him up. I'm like, hey, there's a car I need you to fix. How much will it cost? I don't have a lot of money, but can you help fix it? This is, and I told the situation. He said, okay, why don't you tow it to my garage? And so as I, 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 I told him I have a mechanic that's going to look at after your car. He's like, oh, thank you. So we, we took care of his car. I talked to that brother, and I said, hey, this guy needs a job. Is there any way you could train him up? He's like, mm, I don't know, like, there's background checks I want to do and all these things, and I'm just like, come on, like, just, just, just try this guy out. Just pulling my favors wherever I can. Relationship-based, right? He's like, okay, I'll try him out. This happened in 2005. This man that I helped out right now is the elder of that church. He is a Red Seal mechanic. Got his Red Seal mechanic. He now works for... I think Ford or Ford or GM or something like that as one of the Red Seal mechanics. He's giving into his family. His life is completely changed. Everything about him, his whole demeanor, everything about him is completely transformed. Why? Because we extended hospitality. We served him the way that he needed to be served. We did things for him in the place that he was at. And I made sure that the church didn't just 
put him off to the wayside and made sure that the church didn't just, just do something different. I wasn't a leader in that church. I was just a seminary student. I had almost pretty much no position in that church. And this church was a church of about five to 600 people. Um, and I was known as the one Asian guy that sang in the choir. I was front and center because I was short and small and I couldn't dance so they had to move me <laughs> as we sang because I couldn't sing and sway at the same time so the two bigger guys beside me swayed me. <laughs> but that's what hospitality is, right? That's doing the extra. Why? So that people could see Jesus. So that people could understand what the church is about. So that people could understand that hospitality goes beyond just a friendly hello, a friendly invite, but it goes deeper, it goes into relationship, it, goes, it stems from a place of love. Hospitality is for the church and for the world. It's to serve without condition. It's to give with love and generosity. It takes a commitment to fervently love others. And I want to encourage every person in our church to honestly go before the Lord and ask him to help you evaluate the nature of your thoughts, your attitudes, your desires regarding those that are strangers. Who, don't, who, are, who are within your circles, who are people that you don't know yet, that the Lord is using you to dramatically make a difference. So church, that's my challenge to you. That's my encouragement for you. How do you extend hospitality to each other as a church family, but to the world? So the world may see that Jesus is Lord and Jesus is King. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for who you are and what you're doing in the church. Lord, we ask that you, you come and reveal to us in our hearts what are things that, that need to be changed in order for us to love and serve each other more. So Father God, as we come before you, we ask that you challenge us this week, that you help us see strangers, that you help us look at each other and offer help. So Lord, we thank you for- Amen. Isn't it good to be together to hear the preaching of the word? There's nothing like being in person and being in community. You know, I was really sad when uh, Pastor John started preaching on hospitality because uh, I wanted to preach on hospitality, <laughs> and he stole <laughs> the one that I wanted to share on. But, um, you know, a case could be made that the highest value in kingdom culture is hospitality. You look at the early church and what they did. They literally gave of themselves one to another 100% sharing their goods, sharing their homes, sharing their time? Why were they able to feed the, the multitude of widows in the city? Because they had that heart of serving, that heart of hospitality. I love what it says in, in John chapter 14, the King James Version in particular. The, the disciples are sad that Jesus is going away, but Jesus said, I have many mansions. In my Father's house there are many mansions. In other words, God's just not going to invite us to his house. He has built a house for you and for me. That's extreme hospitality. Hospitality is in the very core of God's personality.
And so when we express that as a body, we are bringing great glory to him. And so, God, we look to you this morning. We thank you for this message. We thank you how the word illumines our heart, opens our mind, Father, to see who you are. And it's our cry in this hour, during this time, Father God, to manifest your heart, your love, your hospitality. So help us as a community, God, to shine for you, to get our hands dirty, to put the grease on the elbows, Father God, to really make a difference, to love those in our own midst, but also those who are around us. So we bless you now in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to see you next week. Let's double the number of people that are here. God bless you. Have a great week and continue to stay safe.